I'm Allison Van Hooser, and I'm on a sold-out mission to develop highly successful leaders at all levels. In the 15 years I've been working throughout the food, financial, retail industries, and politics, I have become deeply aware of the powerful effects of leadership. In each episode, you will get strategies and actions you can use immediately in order to change you, your team, and your business. The question is, will you choose to own it? Will you put your stake in the ground and decide to do something with what you've learned today? This is Stake, the Leadership Podcast. Hey there, everybody. I'm so excited about today's podcast. I feel like you all hear me say that a lot, but today's guest is extra special. Today's guest is Philip Van Hooser. Now, you may recognize that last name. Phil is my father-in-law. I've been married to his son for going on nine years now, but Phil is also my business partner. He is my business partner. He's a mentor. I'm going to let Phil give an introduction of himself in a moment, but let me tell you what we're going to talk about today that I know will be valuable for you as a leader. A lot of people today are experiencing the challenges that come with working people working outside of the office the term for that in the business world is remote workers and so a lot of times people think that that might be something that is of the future that that's a future challenge but this is actually a challenge of today a recent statistic says that 56 percent of global companies allow remote work And today we're going to talk about what are the challenges for leaders as far as leading people who are remote workers, but then also leading the people who are still in the office and navigating those challenges. So without any further ado, Philip Van Hooser, will you go ahead and introduce yourself? Well, thanks, Allison. This is uh, special for me too, actually. I don't know that I've ever been interviewed by my uh, children or in-law children or whatever else. So for the rest of this conversation, it has nothing to do with family. It has everything to do with, right. with professionalism. Does that work for you? Yes. Um, from an introductory standpoint, I guess I would simply say that for the past 32 years, I've been an entrepreneur. I've been a sole proprietor. I've owned this organization, a training and development company that we'll talk more about, I'm sure, in a few minutes. But there was a life before that as well. I worked, when I came out of college, I worked in major corporations, large companies. I was uh, specifically a human resource management professional leading up to a director, a manager and director of the human resources. My uh, industry was manufacturing, so I was working in heavy manufacturing facilities where there was as few as uh, 150, 200, all the way up to over 1,200 people in one particular locale. I did that for the first almost nine years of my professional career and then decided that it was time to start Van Hooser Associates. And so for the past uh, almost 32 years, next spring will be 32 years, I've been uh, working with groups and organizations trying to help them build their leaders and their leadership culture And of course, we were fortunate enough to have you join us uh, now 15, 16, 14, Mm -hmm. 15 months ago, whatever it's been. And so the next generation of Van Hooser Associates is in the works. So the topic that we want to focus on today is how does leadership look different when it comes to remote employees? So I've been with Phil, he said 15 months. So a few months ago, I had my big annual evaluation and at the end of it all, the last thing, the thing that I ended on was asking if I could be a remote employee. 
Now, I, I'm a millennial, so I'm 30 years old. I had been here about a year. And like many other millennials and Gen Z employees, those who are 24 and younger, were coming into the workplace and were saying, I don't want to work in a traditional office. And people have different feelings about that. So, Phil, talk about what was your initial reaction whenever I asked that? What were you feeling? What were you thinking? Uh, and what was your process after that conversation? Well, you mentioned that you were a millennial and that was your thought process, but I think it's probably also appropriate for me to tell your listening audience that I am a baby boomer. Right. So with different experiences, different generational experiences, mindsets, etc. obviously there's going to be a transition. Um, a couple things that probably your listeners need to know is that though I'm a baby boomer and though I have been a manager in corporate America, I think it's fairly safe to say that I'm a little more progressive than maybe baby boomers in general might be perceived to be. Now, I want to, I want to stress the perception because, you know, we're so quick to identify generational differences and then paint everybody with a broad brush. All baby boomers think this way. All millennials think that way. Well, I don't happen to believe that. I agree. I believe there are exceptions to anything and everything, and therefore we need to get to know what those exceptions are so that we can fully understand. So now I come back to your comment uh, in the evaluation. Uh, and yes, we did conduct a formal evaluation. Yes, you are my daughter-in-law, but you're also an employee, and you're also an employee right. that's growing in the business or growing in understanding the business. So it's really important that we evaluate all aspects of performance, not just the physical performance, but also the emotional mindset around that performance. Right. So when you came to me and you said, um, what do you think about me working... Uh, mobily or working distantly. Yeah. Now, I may be wrong about this, but I sense that you were hesitant about bringing it up because you didn't know how I was going to respond. That's true. I was I, I was nervous going into the conversation, and then as the evaluation continued, I was thinking, am I going to ask or am I not going to ask? And so <laughs> I ended up doing it, but yes, you're right. I was nervous about it. Well, for it. your listeners, it may be important for them to know that even though you reference working in the office, the office consists of three of us. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not a huge office complex. I only bring this up because that is my mindset going into your question. And so your question, a year into this new relationship, can I work mobily? Well, I guess human nature says you start to say, well, is there a problem? Are we not getting along? Frankly, um, I knew that that wasn't, or at least I didn't think that that was a problem. So then I had to ask myself the question, will this work for what we're trying to accomplish long term? And you may recall that I said, you're going to have to give me some time to think about this. Right. I'm not one of these people that, that wants to make a real snap decision. I can if I have to, but I didn't see that as being one of those things that was necessary. And so I said, I'll get back to you in a few weeks. Now, first of all, I said weeks because I wanted to make sure that this wasn't a snap decision on your part. Right. You know, if you just this morning woke up and said, I think I'd like to work mobily, um, are you going to feel that way a week from now or a month from now? So it gave us both an opportunity to process. Um, 
Here are a couple things that you need to understand that were going through my minds, and I think it'll be important for your listeners to understand this as well. Let me just say this real quick. So as you're listening to this, if you are someone who is thinking about asking to work remotely, I want you to consider what Phil is about to say, what what your leader or the decision maker, what they may be thinking, because that may change how you approach it or um, how you uh, see their reaction. That's a very important point, Allison. I'm glad you made it because all too often we see whatever we're about to do from one perspective and that perspective is ours. I've learned that to be more effective in almost anything that you do, you need to see it from multiple perspectives. Certainly your own. You need to know why you're wanting to do it, but you also need to understand what either uh, hesitancy or what acceptance there may be on the other side. And then, of course, if there are other people that are involved in the process, we need to process that as well. So, um, I start thinking about the whole process of, of working mobily, especially as it related to our unique circumstance. We're trying to get you up to speed as quickly as we possibly can on our business based on our 30 years of experience and what's unfolding in real time. So my question to myself, first of all, was what are the drawbacks? It's very important that you know that I was not concerned about work ethic. A lot of baby boomers who might be approached by some of their employees about, can I work distantly, really hear that as being, I don't want to work so hard or I don't want you to watch me working hard. I want to be off doing my own thing and working my own schedule and all the rest. I really wasn't worried about that. Over the last year, I knew that you were willing to do whatever needed to be done within whatever time frame. So I wasn't concerned about the the work itself. It was more how that work would be done and the quality of it and would we be able to follow it. So the first thing I wondered about was this, I'll call it the out of sight, out of mind. In other words, if I'm not thinking about you, am I doing you um, justice by giving you the training and and the counseling and the coaching that may be necessary in any kind of employee, employer relationship? I can get real caught up in what I'm doing in that moment and forget because you're not underfoot, if you will, or in the office, I can forget that maybe you're out there doing your thing as well. Now, you may have seen that as being a positive. You may have said, okay, I don't want to be interrupted by Phil all the time with the thought that he's having or with the suggestion he's making. I want to be able to work on my things, my projects, and then be able to come back to him in sort of a scheduled time. So... I understood that. The second thing is we got we found great value, and you know that we told you this in your performance evaluation. We had found great value in having you there to ask questions. Why are we doing this? Why aren't we doing this? Have you thought about doing it this way? I consider that to be the synergistic approach at its finest. If you define synergy, synergy is the sum of the individual parts when brought together create a better outcome. Well, Susan and I had been working together for 30 plus years and we had come to the best of the best of the best. In many ways, she could think, she knew what I was thinking. I knew what she was thinking without even conversing, if you will. That wasn't true with you. You came in and you didn't know naturally, didn't know what we were thinking. We didn't know what you were thinking. We had to, we had to talk more, but in so talking, 
you know, there was these, this synergy. Oh, man, that's a great idea. I hadn't thought about that, Allison. And you may have said to us or may have thought at some point, oh, my goodness, I hadn't, didn't even realize that was something I needed to learn or be more uh, aware of. So that's the synergy. If we take you out of this environment, are we going to lose that? And that was a, main concern, a major consideration, a major concern for me. Another thing I started thinking about was um, project coordination. You know that we had you working on a number of projects early on, and you knew that some of that project, those projects were uh, sequenced projects, meaning there's certain things had to be done in the first third of it, second third of it, third third of it, whatever it may have been. And were we going to be able to to coordinate those projects. Well, that's more of an organizational concern than it was anything else. In other words, if I'm not able to do that, that's not necessarily your fault. That's my fault. So now I start, I have to start thinking, how am I going to coordinate more effectively? Um, and that leads then from a project coordination standpoint, um, that leads to sort of a performance awareness standpoint. I've got to not only to be able to manage a project as the quote unquote manager, boss, supervisor, call it whatever you will. I have not only have to have standards of performance, I have to be aware of those standards of performance. In other words, I need to know what you're doing, how far along you are. Are you ahead of the process, ahead of where I thought you would be or behind? All those are just project awareness consideration. So, as I was thinking about your question, I wasn't just saying thinking yes or no. Right. I was thinking yes and or yes but. And then that brought me to, and I know I've talked a long time, but let me just sort of wrap this part of it by saying that brought me to what frankly was my greatest concern. And I feared it for you because I'd experienced it for myself. And let's just call this the, the fear of isolation. I remember 30 plus years ago, so very well, working in a major corporation with several hundred people that I interacted with not only daily, but literally hourly, and then oftentimes on a minute by minute by minute basis. That was cool. I enjoyed that. I, that was my personality, and I know it to be your personality as well. And then the day that I left that environment to start this business, that next day, holy cow, what happened? Where are the people? And it was a shock to my system. Again, isolation. And it took me a while to, to work through that. You know, it took me a while to go, am I going to like this? Is this going to work? Well, obviously it did work out. I liked what I was doing more than I feared the isolation of doing it. Yeah. So I felt, figured out a way to make that happen. But honestly... I worried about that a little bit. You had gone from an organization of several people to this organization a year ago of three people, and now we're going to cast you off and put you on an island someplace uh, and, and being uh, isolated uh, with one person. Those were some of the things that were going through my mind as we were considering this particular process. So let's talk a little bit about what were my thoughts why would someone want to work remotely or what would be the pros and the cons you said you you wanted to make sure that this wasn't a knee-jerk reaction in our business we work to develop leaders and so phil and i spent a lot of time researching 
what issues leaders are facing or what trends are happening in the business world. And one of those trends, like I said at the beginning, is remote employees. Right. And that does create a different, I don't know if I would say challenge, and we'll get into that later, but it creates, uh, it's, a, it's something different that leaders have to deal with. So for me, I'm on board with everything that you said about the synergy of a team and all of that. I guess when it came to would I be afraid of being alone, what I'm reading is that there are a lot of remote employees who get out there and they're by themselves and then they say, hold up, I need some human interaction, which is why we've seen in big cities you have these places where you can come rent space for the day or you can rent an office in different places because even though you want even though an employee might work best alone, they still want to be surrounded by activity. And, and even if they don't rent space, they go to Starbucks or Absolutely. some other wherever. Public yes. space, in other words. Absolutely. But let me touch on a few other things that I've read in the research. They've also found that remote employees are struggling with anxiety more. You talked about managing performance. So the articles that I've read, I'm not a researcher. This is research that I've read in other places on remote employees. And it's saying that remote employees, once they're removed from the office, they are so hyper aware or they think that their boss is thinking that they're at home not doing anything that they actually overwork themselves. They work more at home, more hours at home than they do in the office because they're trying to make up for whatever doubt might be in the leader's mind. Uh, It also creates, in some cases, more of a work-life balance issue because they are constantly on. They're working if they wake up early. They're working early before the kids get up, and then they're working when the kids go to bed, and they're trying to balance it all. So it's creating more of a need for people to figure out how to manage their time and deal with work-life balance issues. People, especially millennials, well, Gen X too, Gen X, Gen Y, and Gen Z are all saying that flexibility is so important to them. So leaders, you have to see that this will probably become an even bigger part of your business. So let's finish up with that. Let's talk about how is leadership different? What can leaders, what should leaders put in place? What have we experienced? And then we'll talk about uh, maybe what other organizations are doing to manage, best manage, best lead remote employees. Well, you know very well that I stress in my conversations with leadership, uh, leaders and leadership groups, I stress two things. I stress a lot of things, but two things has been paramount and, 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 and foundational. And that is that a leader to be effective, whether he or she is in any particular industry, needs to be a good planner and a good communicator. Well, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't practice what I preached. Right. And so the first thing that you know that we did, we talked about, okay, how can we plan this most effectively? And so we started set, establishing goals and objectives, and we communicated those goals and objectives and so on and so forth about what we need to work on over the next week, the next month, the next quarter, whatever it may have been. Let me just give you all a practical tool if you're listening to this. Here's what, here's what we've done. Uh, we set forth this is exactly what we expect and just a bullet list of the uh, w- the daily and weekly performance expectations, tasks that have to be done. And then three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings, first thing in the morning, 8 o'clock, I call and I check in and we talk about what's been done, what's coming up, do we need anything from each other, and if there's anything else that has come up. So if you're thinking, okay, what is, how do I even manage this, there's a tool right there. Line out all of the duties 
and then create a schedule on when you're going to touch base. No, absolutely, and it, and it works well, too, I might add. The second thing I would say is that we have access to each other's calendars. So we know yes. exactly what we are doing at any moment in time. And because we have access, and of course I'm talking about online access to calendars, we have opportunities to build ourselves into that calendar. It's not unusual for me to open up my calendar and see that I have a scheduled meeting with her. For example, I looked at my calendar a few days ago and I saw that I was going to be doing a podcast <laughs> today at a particular moment in time. That's all part of the plan too, so that when she needs me or vice versa, when I need her, we're going to put on the calendar. Let me just, let me just also emphasize something. So one of the great things about remote workers, if you choose to lead well, is that you're in, you will probably communicate better and more often than when an employee works in the office because... True. When you're in the office, you're probably not sitting down and having a purposeful conversation with your employees because you see them every day. You make pass by comments about things. And if you, I, I, would, I would want you to think about this for just a second. How many times, and you can either think of it a week, a month, six months, do you sit down individually with your employees and talk about exactly what they're doing, what's going well, what they're struggling with? I know for me, as a leader, when I was supervising people in different positions, I was not asking them three times a week about what's going well, what are you struggling with, how can I help you? Or telling them three times a week what they need to be focused on, what's upcoming, and what you expect of them. Right. And so it's an opportunity for leaders to be real intentional about communication right. and even engage them at a higher level, which we all know improves culture. It improves retention rates, all of that. So and performance. Remember absolutely. I'm the old baby boom manager here. I'm always looking for bottom line performance. So absolutely. That, that can never be ignored. And it's probably even, you can do this with your employees in house too, but I, we're talking about remote employees. I wonder and this is just a thought, but I wonder if performance is better managed with remote employees because communication is more intentional, because there's more of a focus on what's happening, what's not happening. I think it's possible, but I also think just like we're talking about remote employees need to be communicated with, planned, trained, and planning needs to take place, training needs to take place. Remember, this is new and unique for baby boomers or, or, or older Gen Xers, et cetera. So they too need to be trained and planned and communicated with, et cetera. Uh, so let's wrap things up for today. So we talked about, we're dealing personally, Van Hooser Associates, we had a millennial come in and ask to be a remote worker. We talked about what that felt like from both perspectives. We talked about the strengths and opportunities from both perspectives. Uh, then we talked about leadership. What, what is the same with remote employees that it is with employees that are in the office? Planning and communication is still Crit absolutely critical. critical. We talked about positive things with remote employees and how you can be more intentional with your communication and with performance management. So 
we are going to actually give you all a tool that and that we're going to link in the show notes in episode two. This is part one. Of I week. get to come back? <laughs> it gets to come oh, back. Oh, man. So this is part one. We're doing a two-part series so we can really help you as leaders, manager, remote employees. We're going to give you a tool. I'll link it in today's show notes, but we're going to discuss it in the next episode. So, Phil, thank you so much for being on here. And you all, uh, I hope to see you in part two. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For the links to everything mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes. And if you'd like more practical, tactical leadership development content, go to www.vanhooser.com for my weekly blog and all the links to my social media channels. If it makes sense to start improving the leadership skills of your managers and supervisors, let's talk about training options for your team. Email me at allison at vanhooser.com.